happy hour. My name is Lee. And my name is Aubrey, and we are your hosts for this podcast. Today, we have our incredible guest, Edith Zushman. She is the CEO, president, co-founder of the nonprofit 261 Fearless Incorporated. Thank you for being here with us today. We're excited to have you on Headband Happy Hour. Thank you for having me. It's a big pleasure. Yes. Uh, so I found Edith by contacting uh, Catherine. She's uh, the Schweitzer, I believe, that her last name? Switzer. Switzer, sorry. <laughs> no um, problem. She is the founder of 261 Fearless. Uh, and her team directed me towards Edith because they believe that she'd be a great fit for this podcast. And uh, so Edith, could you tell us or our listeners uh, a little bit about who you are and what it is that you do for 261 Fearless? So I'm the co-founder and together with Catherine, I founded 261 Fearless and we are a global women's running network and we are aiming to empower women through running. And running has been my big passion all over my life. And um, I've been enjoying it. It's my, my source for energy. And uh, it was quite irritating for me when I invited women or female friends to join me on my runs. And they were like, oh, running is nothing for me. I'm not good enough and so on. So, and I thought, hey, how can, can I convince them that this is so easy and natural? And then I got inspired through Catherine, the, the woman, the first woman officially running and finishing the Boston Marathon in 1967. And uh, so her story, her BIP number 261, as well as my desire to run with more and more women and, and share this passion, brought me to the idea to set up this global running network. And that's what I'm doing now. So out of my passion, um, I was able to create kind of my job and I'm currently uh, at the helm of the organization. So the CEO of the global organization, but I'm also um, a coach here in Austria. I'm located in Austria where I help women to start running and find the joy in running. That's, that's the dream job, right? I mean, you took your passion, you made this, this amazing program to empower women all over the world. And not only did you do that, but you get to have that hands-on kind of time with these individual women. That's, that's amazing. Yeah, it's, it's great. Or it's, I know I'm, I'm very gifted and privileged that I was able to do that. Uh, but I also had these moments. So the 261 moments, we call them because um, for all listeners who don't know the story um, of the Boston Marathon in 1967. So when Catherine uh, registered to run the race, she got the bib and in the race, she was attacked by the race director. And in this moment, she had to be really fearless because she needed to make the decision if she stops or keeps on running. And she decided to overtake this challenge and just move on. And she finished. And she always tells me how, how frightening this moment was when she was attacked. And we all have these moments when we feel like, oh my goodness, this is, I'm so scared. I don't know how to move on, how this is gonna end, what will be the consequences. But I've learned 
with running, I found kind of a calmness and strength to overcome this. And this is what myself, as well as Catherine, we want to share with women around the world because everybody deserves a 261 moment. I'm, I'm, I don't even have words. <laughs> I don't. I mean, it's, it's so true. And you know that a lot of, a lot of research that I've personally done myself and that I've heard from other women is that, um, that running in general helps with just your mental health and stability as well. So, I mean, it, it's really just showing that aspect of it, that calmness, that sanity that it, that running brings and you are, you're helping create that every day. Yes, and I think it's also important to mention uh, that a lot of women have been told um, they're not good enough or they can't do it. Mm -hmm. Being active, running, or any other sports and beyond, but uh, we can all do it. And it's not about judging on the performance, it's just doing it and having kind of an environment where you are not judged if you yeah, are not able to catch up with the woman in front of you. That's mm -hmm. what we need because everybody tries its best and having in an environment where you are welcome, no matter how fast you are, how far you can go. And we at 261 Fearless, we are not about pace and distance or you need to run a marathon. No, that's not what it is about. It's just about this space where you can run, enjoy, do it together with other women and find your inner strength. That's that's amazing, honestly. Um, I do want to ask though, so the you have this whole great nonprofit and everything, and I just want to ask how you got started with it, like in the beginning, like bring us back. <laughs> yeah, when, when you when you first formed it, so you came yeah. up with this concept. How did how did it all come into play? Well, like everything, it starts with baby steps. And um, as I told you before, I had this idea to create this non-competitive, non-judgmental environment. So I simply tried it out. I had to be fearless and say, and I said to myself, okay, let's ask women who denied joining me on a run to do it and give me a try. And that's what I did um, here in Austria. And it worked out. And they were super excited to share it with other women, other women joined. So we had an awesome group here. And then Catherine and I said, well, to expand that, to, to bring it into other areas, especially where we have so many places on this planet where women are not even allowed to walk alone on the street. We are not talking about running or where physical activity is still kind of a woman shouldn't do that. Mm -hmm. So to bring this to these countries, but also uh, communities, so we have them in Europe, in Austria, as well as in the United States. So we need an education program to educate women who are already runners to share the 261 uh, running program and bring it to their local communities. So uh, we created an education program for... Um, which is <laughs> universal and uh, has been already, um, or we have already implemented from New Zealand to the West Coast of the United States. Wow. And so this was then the next step when we founded in 2015, the global organization 261 Fearless. So 
we are training women to become 261 coaches and then they go back into their communities and instruct women and share the passion with them. So everything. So cool. That's my stuff. I just want to ask you if you could elaborate a little bit more on the educational programs that you have. Mm -hmm. So again, um, it's all about baby or step-by-step step doing mm -hmm. that. So uh, we have several education programs. One to really form the base is our business program because we understand that having a local nonprofit helps to share responsibility, providing a safe and secure environment. So the business training is um, focusing on training women to start their local nonprofits to set up local uh, 261 clubs. Mm -hmm. So here they get the tools and knowledge how to set up a nonprofit, um, marketing, leadership skills, and so on. So this is um, wow. almost a year program where there is initial training and then mentoring, helping them to succeed with their plan. The second very important one is the coach education program, which is also uh, actually uh, yeah, divided into parts. The initial training where women get also the tools and knowledge to lead groups, also learn leadership skills, um, learn a lot about women's health and women's running, um, surely uh, talking about um, or teaching them on our 261 running program. And the second part is we don't leave them alone. We, we, we stay with them on the journey and provide them an ongoing education program. So this is actually the third big uh, program we offer. And then we also provide motivational, but also educational um, impulses to women, which are accessible uh, to everyone. So for example, we have talks, we have blogs um, where women can um, gain knowledge about women's running, women's empowerment, uh, so all these things that physics one tries to bring to women. I mean, it sounds like almost an unlimited amount of resources that you <laughs> that these women have access to. And, and it sounds like, so um, the blogs and kind of these like extra um, articles and those, and those sort of things, are those kind of updating kind of every week, every year, or is there any rhyme or reason or just constantly, constantly coming and going? Constantly. This yeah. is constantly um, production because luckily um, research is ca uh, catching up on women's um, physical training. Mm -hmm. So there are finally a lot of research going on around these topics. So not only in the high performance um, area, also the normal woman. What kind of impact does running have on pregnancy, on the period, on the menopause? So there are so many life stages in our, yeah, in a woman's life where running can have a very, very, or sports in general, a very, very positive impact. Mm -hmm. And it was always left out because all the studies were done on men, maybe <laughs> young sports <laughs> students. And now, 
finally this is starting and uh, we need to update it regularly because luckily a lot of new information is coming towards us. No, absolutely. And, and as you're, as you kind of motivate, 261 motivates uh, the, like women to be physically active, what advice do you, I'm sure you have a lot of advice, but what are kind of like your key factors of advice to help them stay motivated throughout their lives, throughout their journey, all of that? Um, I think the very first one is to compare yourself with yourself and not with somebody else because it's our or my day it's your day and not somebody else's day so if I feel tired I need to compare it with myself <laughs> and not say okay she is recovered because she had a day off I had a hard day so I will perform differently and I think um yeah um, being um, grateful for what we can do and that we do it because when you take the first step or just walk you are faster than those who stay at home on on the sofa so stay with yourself and 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 don't compare with others um, because we always tend to compare with others and then we are like i'm not good enough or <laughs> i can't do that so this breaks your motivation so um and also, number, and this leads me to number two, just be proud of you, what, what you do, and don't um, turn yourself down. Every, every step counts. And Olympic champions even started with the first step. So, and this is actually the hardest one. When you're out there and the second, second third step, you don't even think about it anymore to stop, you just move on. And um, another important thing that has helped me um, is to have a body or have people around you who support you or um, even if they're just waiting for you for a run so that you have a running friend or have a running group because then you feel committed, you form a bond and you will never be alone. So even if you go through hard times, the other ones will tell you, hey, you're not alone feeling this way. I feel the same way too. And if you really have to celebrate something, it makes much more fun if you do it together. <laughs> They'll be there to celebrate it with you. Yeah. I, uh, what I like to do for motivation or anything and just in inspiration, like if it, for just myself, a lot of people find this helpful is, uh, doing a mood board uh, or like a vision board or something where you have it on like your screensaver for your laptop or your cell phone or something, anything, even like on in your room on the wall. Um, and I feel like that's very helpful for anyone just to kind of envision what you want your month, year, whatever to look like. Um, and I feel like it, it's helpful because you see it every day. Like don't compare yourself, you know, the sayings and like, um, photos of like say you want to go to Greece or something and then you just have photos of Greece and then hopefully you eventually get there but um yeah I've always I've always found those to be very helpful and inspiring as well um just for your individual self but also having that sense of community is very important especially in the past couple of years when people couldn't get together um 
you know, uh, I'm sure people found ways to, around that, whether it's wearing masks, you know, on runs or just being, you know, like six feet apart while running or since you're outside, it's, you know, better than being inside. Um, but yeah, that's, that's very important and it's a good component to have in anyone's life. Mm. I, yeah. I think, I think that what you were talking about, I, I, I feel like women in general compare themselves, not and whether or not be sports, but compare themselves to others all the time. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, I find myself like, am I being a good enough mom today? This person did this. And am I, am I doing a good job? Am I, am I working hard enough today? Am I? So I guess that I, I, I've truly never really thought about it like that. Everybody's circumstance on, on an hourly, minutely basis is completely different. So as long as you compare yourself and you feel good about what you're doing and how you're doing it, I mean, I think that's a very valuable tool and very valuable advice. So thank you for sharing that. Sure. <laughs> and thanks for bringing it uh into your words, so yeah. thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm sitting here listening and I'm like, wow, I, I, I do that frequently. I mean, it's like, okay, if I don't wake up at six o'clock today and I don't get this, like am I running? But like, okay, I can still do it at five o'clock. Is that like, it's, it's, it's funny that it's, we compare ourselves to so many different people, so many different situations all the time. And everyone is just so different. Yeah, and then it stops us from doing it because it we, we feel weird. <laughs> not good enough or we can't do it or the other one would judge on us but that's not the case just do it for yourself now that's i think that's the most valuable valuable advice i've heard in a long time <laughs> yeah especially like so on social media you see everyone doing showing their best but they're not really showing you know the uh things that come up the struggle issues whatever um and so everyone just sees the perfect part of everybody's life. I mean, mm -hmm. some people do kind of get into their like struggles, uh, which is great because it's being transparent, mm -hmm. but you know, not as many people do that as I think we would like. And so it's very easy to compare yourself, especially with the social media age and everything um, with any anyone, but especially women. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, now, Edith, I know, I believe Aubrey had told me earlier, uh, you are involved in public relations and sports, correct? Um, you teach at a local, local university. Can you tell yes. us a little more about that? Yes. You do, you do it all. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, I was lucky that I had a few wonderful mentors in my life, and it's it's really a pleasure and a gift when you can share your experience with the youth. So uh, I was lucky that I was asked to teach uh, at a university for applied science. Um, and they, it's, it's a university, uh, it's called sports and training where young people can go or learn more about sports science, but also get a management background. Um, and so I'm teaching their sports PR and I love to do that because, um, these are all young athletes from different sports, different backgrounds. And, um, it's so great to share the passion for sports with them, but also giving them kind of a direction and inspiration, what they can do beyond their career. 
some of them are still high performance athletes. Some of them have already retired and thinking, okay, what, what can I do next? And yeah, giving them tools and um, giving them also some insights, what they can do with their lives in a positive way for others. I love it. And it's always a very interactive, interactive uh, learning. We do a lot of projects and um, it's, it's fun. And I'm also happy to give uh, some of the students the opportunity to work as interns for 261 so that they also get the applied side so they can really apply uh, what they have learned. And it's, it's fun to see them grow. And now I've been doing this for eight years. Oh, wow. And then sometimes stu previous students cross my way and I see, wow, what have they achieved? What's, looking on their careers, this is very rewarding. And uh, yeah, I love it. That, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I was gonna say, I think we were saying, th say the same thing. Like, that's just that it sounds great that you find fulfillment through that. Um, you know, especially having, even though it's a different generation and things are different from, you know, each one, like I believe they're probably more like my generation, like uh, Gen Z. Um, well, some of them are retired though, too. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but I don't know. And what I'm trying to say is that it's just, it's, it's nice to have someone that passionate teaching you because it rubs off on them. And like you said, it kind of just comes full circle when they come back to you or something. And you're just like, oh my gosh, like, hi, or, you know, and just talk about like where they're at in life and, and for you to be able to hear that, that's definitely very fulfilling and everything, but that's, that's wonderful. Um, I feel now, like I feel like when you have that type of like instructor as well, when you, it just makes you excited, right? It makes you excited to like advance your, your career or what we're, whatever you're doing next, because you, you, it seems like you bring so much passion to them. They're like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I want to use all these skills that I've been learning and implement them now. Yeah. And interestingly, they also bring a lot to the table where I can learn and can kind of bring this together. It's just lifting each other up. And um, I think showing young people um, that a profession or work is something positive and not something that makes you tired and angry and is something that you have to do, mm -hmm. know that you're in passion and uh, that you get much more out of it. Uh, that's, that's so important. And that it is not about marks or being the best. It's just that you find your way. Yeah. I, think, uh, I think my generation especially is very into making sure that they're doing something that involves what they're passionate in because mm -hmm. some people see their parents, you know, and they're like getting home. They're just like, oh, I'm so tired. <laughs> like, you know, whatever. And they're like, oh, I don't want to be like that. You know, I've heard people kind of talk about it and explain it because, you know, I, people my age now just, they want to make sure we're doing some, you know, doing something that we enjoy and also with the passion or, you know, maybe that uh, involves like an intertwining like our personal lives or something. Um, but yeah, that's, I feel like that's 
caused a shift um, in my generation. And I think it's very important to just, you know, make sure you like what you're doing and have some sort of passion. And it doesn't mean that you have to do that for the rest of your life though, because you can always change your career path. I've always told my friends that actually, um, you know, my, my mom uh, didn't get her degree until she was 35. So um, in math, I didn't pass on, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, she's very smart. And, you know, I, I've had, I have a friend who um, she uh, was supposed to, wanted to be a nurse. It didn't work out, but now she's uh, going to school for sonography, like uh, for um, ultrasound and everything. And she loves it. And I'm just like, see, like there's other opportunities. There's other paths you can go. You don't have to fixate on one. So it's very important that people also realize that. So it's literally not, you know, something you're going to do until you die or whatever, but um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we have long lives to live. We might as yeah. well, we might as well live them with passion. Right. And, and, and do things that we enjoy. You, you have to. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. So another thing that you do, right. Is you're a sports journalist. Too. <laughs> let's, let's add this to the list. I don't even know how you find time for this. Uh, tell us a little bit more about that. Any like super impactful, meaningful stories that you've written or come across. I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure there's been many. So I, we'd love to hear about it. Yeah. I mean, I have to be honest. I, it's just, um, now yeah very very much limited okay because um 261 has taken over a lot of time <laughs> um but how did it come because um and and Albert, you just uh, said nothing isn't written in stone when you're yeah. like having a profession and that's it mm -hmm. i was at this point in my life where I wanted to make a shift. And I told you, I, I've been uh, like in sports my whole life. Mm -hmm. And um, when uh, I retired from my professional career, I always had the desire to be close to sports and to athletes. And then it was also Catherine who inspired me to do that. Um, I said, one day I said, I want to become a journalist. I want to be close where sports is happening mm -hmm. and um, also share these with other people. So it was kind of the only way, only path to go. And I was lucky that um, chief editor gave me the opportunity to do that. And that's how everything fell in place. And so I did a lot of stories about runners and races um and i think talking to or we think normal people has been this really touched me because everyone has her or his own story mm -hmm. and um they often have much more inspiring story uh than the Olympic athletes, please don't get me wrong. They're also very, very impressive, but like managing um, so many duties from a job, family, sports, and other things has been also a great education for me as well. And I think what 
has been the most rewarding point in my sports journalist career is when people came to me and said, thanks for um, putting this article together because this changed my point of view on things. Um, so for example, I wrote an article about um, runners from Kenya providing trainings here in Austria. And um, we know we live in very difficult times where people, foreigners often get judged without, yeah, yeah any reasons. Um, and suddenly with giving more insights on why they are doing it, what kind of challenges they are overcoming, it was an eye opener to some people. And this makes me really happy when I can bring um, more insights to, on the, to the table that people understand uh, how things falling together much better. Yeah, I mean, I I think I, kind of back to the what you were saying too about um, not interviewing necessarily those athletes, uh, those professional athletes, but those everyday individuals. I I I completely agree. I mean, every single person has a different story, and and I um, obviously so um, I we work for Bondi Bands, an athletic headwear accessories company, and uh, we primarily work with. Um, runner, the runner demographic, and obviously we're a women-owned business, so we we love our we love like following and women empowerment. And a lot of the women that we have talked to, and I've heard their stories. I mean, you have again people that run for mental health. You have people that run um, in support of uh, their sister's friend who passed away, and they they run this marathon every year to raise money for them. You have people that run for those who can't. And I, I, I don't know. I'm sure you're aware of those groups of the children who who can't run I mean there's there's, mm -hmm. there's everything everybody has such a different story and it's I, I can imagine why those are those are the most special to you mm. because it's it's real life it's it's real life mm -hmm. all those people that have these these different different journeys and you get to share them <laughs> yeah and and so much is not spoken out and uh, also being sometimes critical is, is, is something or kind of a privilege to, like I said, bring things on the t to the table, on the table um, and speak it out. Yeah, help, we, help people understand who don't. Right. Um, so before we wrap up, I just wanna ask one more question. Um, so I, you know, going back to 261 Fearless, uh, what are your future plans or not just specifically you or the company itself? Uh, so what do you guys envision for the future? <laughs> Sorry. My, my, no, no, no. I'm laughing because um, Catherine, and, Catherine and I, we are always aiming um, yeah, to, to reach all summits on this planet, which means mm -hmm. really giving each single woman the opportunity to run and believe that they're capable to do it. So that is, uh, yeah, our <laughs> high, high and big, big goal. Um, but we are aware we are not able to do this by ourselves. We, we need more and more women um, who step up and, and tell the others, you can do it. And 
it meets a lot of Catherine's and Edith and all the other amazing 261 coaches we have around the world uh, to make this happen. But I think what we are really aiming for is to give women, as many women as possible, access to information and education that they are convinced and feel safe and secure to take the first step. So this is really the big vision we have. It, again, it is about baby steps and um, the pandemic, wars and conflicts make, yeah, these are things uh, which are kind of pushbacks, mm -hmm. but when you push back once, you just become stronger and you find way and learn new, new, or find new ways to overcome that and come back stronger and take the next biggest step. So we are aware it's always kind of a back and forth, back and forth, but at the end, um, yeah, we want to have more and more women and inspire more and more women to, to follow us because um, it also needs to come from them. And if we are able to touch their hearts and, and, convince them that they are capable to do it then uh, we will achieve what we are hoping for so it's I know it's still a long way to go it's we are just at the beginning <laughs> but at some point we will get there I'm convinced I I think that with your passion and your truly truly positive attitude you will be able to accomplish whatever goal that you have <laughs> I, I, I believe that I truly do in the short time that I've been speaking with you <laughs> I mean I I truly believe that thank you yeah yeah I I 100% agree with Lee <laughs> um, <laughs> um so uh, before we end our episode uh could you tell our listeners like where to find you any social media you want to share or websites so yeah if you want to learn more about 261 fearless go to 261fearless.org. Here you find all the information about our global women's running network. You find also all the countries where we have clubs. And if you want to get involved, you also find the information how you can make that happen. Um, about myself, uh, you can also on social media, you find on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn, our 261 Fearless channels. And for myself, um, I'm on the social media channels. I call myself Running Sushi, which is just a nickname created out of my surname and my big passion. So yeah, follow me. And um, I'm looking forward to exchange, learn from others, but hopefully also inspire others. Okay, thank you so yeah, much for joining great. us today. We really appreciate everything that you've shared we've had a great conversation with you um thank you yeah <laughs> yeah and thank you guys for listening we will see you next time on headband happy hour Bye.